Someone reached out to me after listening to the previous recording regarding wearing an undershirt tzitzis and wearing tzitzis directly on one's skin. And his question was, isn't it better to actually wear tzitzis as an undershirt? Meaning, if you wear tzitzis as the classic way people wear it, is either like the Hasidim, you wear the tzitzis on top of a shirt, and then you have a vest on top, or your typical yeshiva guy will wear an undershirt, then tzitzis, and then a shirt. So in that case, the tzitzis, your beged, is not really playing a function it's not playing. It's not playing a role as a beged. It's not functioning as a clothing. You don't need it. You have a shirt. You have an undershirt. It's a useless garment which you happen to put tzitzis on it. Shouldn't isn't there a concept that we need to have hanas levisha in order for something to be called a beged? So today, your typical tzitzis is purchased in a Judaica store, not a clothing store. So it's a very good question. Our typical tzitzis does not have Hanas Levisha, even in one's talus, unless it's a, it's a shul that has a pumping air conditioning, usually your shul is hot, your talus, you know, at the very least can make you a little bit uncomfortable, so it's hard to argue that you're getting Hanas Levisha from even the talus, and for sure the tzitzis, your, your talus katan, hard to see, difficult to see where you're actually getting Hanas Levisha. Now this discussion sheds light on several questions. Question number one is what we just mentioned. Specifically, is there any reason to specifically wear it on your goof, on your skin? Is it better because now it's functioning as an undershirt? A second question would be, many people enjoy wearing a cotton baguette instead of wool because wool is too hot to make some sweaty, so cotton is better. It's less, uh, it's, it's more comfortable. So is that a reason to wear it? And to argue that I'm getting more hana by wearing cotton than I would by wearing wool. A third question would be if someone's playing ball or exercising, can they remove their tzitzis and say, if I keep these tzitzis on, I'm bizarre, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm not getting any hana anyways from the baguette. So essentially I'm putter because there's no hana slavisha for wearing a, a tzitzis when I'm playing ball, when I'm sweating up. And a fourth question, which is really off-topic, is a question in Hilchus Kriya. If someone is tearing Kriya, we call it tearing Kriya, but it's it's uh, tearing for a parent. Someone loses uh, a parent, they have to tear Kriya, all, all their clothing. Uh, the, uh, yesterday we spoke about, do you do you actually have to do Kriya on an undershirt? We passed not to. The question is, what about Tzitzis? It's one of the Begadim. So a person, Lachara, should have to tear the tzitzis as well, the baguette of tzitzis, as a sign of mourning, because a person has to be korea, all is begada for the loss of a parent. Okay, so where are we going to look to find an answer to this question? So let's look at the two psukim that discuss tzitzis. On one hand, the Pasuk says, Gedilim tasalach al-aba kanfes ksuscha asher techasaba, that you use to cover yourself with, which would be very all-inclusive, all as long as it's being, it's functioning as something that covers you, at the end of the day, it's covering a person. So one could argue that even if I don't have any hana from it, it's still asher techasaba. On the other hand, the Torah says in, in the parish of Kriyashma, it says, it says it has to be uh, begadim. It talks about kanfe bigdehem, the, the corner of your clothing. So a beged, we look in other halachas, in hechashatnes, for example, 
in order to be defined as a beggar for Shatnas, the, the one who wears it has to have Hanas Levisha. There's even a heter. Let's say Mechrixus, someone who's selling clothing and he's either wearing a bunch of hats or wearing a bunch of jackets to show the clothing off. The Gemara and Shabbos, Tavchavtes, I believe, says that there's no Isser Klayim for that person. Even if they're Shatnas, there's wool and linen sewn together in that beggar. Since he's not wearing it for an enjoyment, he's wearing it to sell it, to advertise it or he doesn't have a place to put it. So there's no violation of shantanis, because in order for something to be defined as a beged, you have to have hanas levisha. So l'chaira, one could argue that same thing should apply. When the Pasuk says, it has to be the same, the same criteria as is found by Hilcha shantanis. In fact, Hoysvis and Nida, Tafsamach Aleph, Amir Aleph, or Mabez, I believe, he says that, he brings a proof to this, but we don't, won't get into it. He says, yes, it's the same halacha as by shantanis, that Merchrik Sus will be putter from Tzitzis, and if you're not getting, getting any Hanas Levish, you're not getting any enjoyment from it, you would be putter from Tzitzis. The Beis Yosef in Simon Yud Aleph talks about some type of glima, which which we would assume is some type of uh, jacket, or uh, even a Bekesha today. And he says you're putter from Tzitzis, since it's not being worn as a clothing to protect you. He says, Lahagin Ha'adam Mipnei Ha'choyim Vahakar, the only time we define something as a beggar is if it's functioning as a beggar, clothing to keep one warm or to protect one from the sun. Very interesting, very limited way to define a beggar, but that's what a beggar is. As Yaakovinu asked the Kaddish Baruch Hu, give me a beggar lilbaish, clothing to wear, I'm not trying to show any status symbol. Same thing, this glima was a status symbol. It could be a good one, but it was a status symbol showing a chashivas, you know, the Rosh Hashiva would wear it, or other people would be embarrassed to walk in the street without wearing the glima. But the Beis Yosef writes, since it wasn't functioning as keeping a person warm, protecting you from the rain, or it wasn't doing that, therefore a person would not be chayef to put tzitzis on it. It would be difficult to, to try to go through each of our clothing and try to figure out if they're being worn for some type of purpose other than a symbol. But if they would have four corners and a person would have to figure out, are they chayef on tzitzis, you would have to take that into consideration. At the end of the day, it seems from here that we passing like this Toysvis, that in order to be Chayev and Tzitzis, it has, you have to get Hanos Levisha, the clothing have to be functioning like uh, your typical clothing, which either protecting a person from the rain, from the sun, from cold. Otherwise, it is not defined as a beggar, and there is no Chayev to put Tzitzis on it. So, when it comes to Korea, to tearing Tzitzis, um, L'chara will depend. If you're getting hana from the tzitzis, your tzitzis is being worn as as an undershirt, so then it will be regular beggar and you'll be chayv to tear uh, kriya on it. But if it's not being worn as a beggar, so one will be putter from tearing kriya on it. But based on that, the question is, if you're, so the Babi Shochan asked, if you're putter from tearing kriya on the tzitzis, so then, because you're telling me there's no hana slavisha, so then how am I going to tzitzis with this? Right? That's, I'm just bringing out the question. You find it in Hilchus Kriya, and the uh, the Marsham brings it down there. It's a very strong question. Why, how are we allowed to make a bracha on our tzitzis? And I would add, even on our talus, if we are saying there is no hanas levisha by wearing it, how do you make a bracha on it? How are we going to our, our, uh, our din of wearing tzitzis. If you look, so the Babi Hashochan Rafaiva code in his, in his sefer on Hilchas Avelos Simon Shin Mem, he deals with this at length. There's a, there's a Kavashirim, Rabbi Chanan Vasserman in 
Chelik Bey, Simon Chavkimo, Aishas. Also, he's, he struggles with this. doesn't understand what exactly we're doing by wearing our beged, um, our, our talus katan. The Darkim Aisha, the Ramah, writes that, no, uh, our talus, even though there's no Hanas Levisha, it's still Chayav and Tzitzis, and it's difficult to understand. So the Minchas Asher, Vashu Weiss, in his Sefer on, on Chumash, Pasha Shalach, he has a Yisoyed, which is really based on a, a previous Yisoyed found in the Levush, and he says the following, we find different places in Halacha where there's a certain criteria to be met in order to be Yoytze the Mitzvah. For example, when it comes to Sukkah, so the, so the Gemara in Sukkah talks about Sukkah's Ganbach, different types of Sukkah that are puzzle because they weren't made L'Shem Tzal. They weren't made in order to to give shade. And that's a criteria in Hilchah's Sukkah. So his question is, our sukkahs that we build today, you're not building it for shade. You're building it because that's what halacha requires. You have to build a sukkah to be yotzi your mitzvah of sukkah. But when you put the schach up there, you're not saying, oh, I'm very hot. I need to put schach on in order to protect me from the sun. You're putting schach because that's the psak and shulchan aruch. That's, that's the that's a, the tarshav and what the sukkah's teishu means. That's why I'm putting schach on, not to get any hana uh, from it. So why are we yotzi by sitting in the sukkah if... It's not done l'shem tzel. Additionally, there's a halacha in Hilchas Havdalah that the ner for Havdalah, the candle for Havdalah, in order to be yotze, you to make the bracha of bari ma'ari ha'esh, this fire has to be lit, asui l'ha'er, has to be lit in order to give light. No one today uses a Havdalah candle for light. You have electricity, you have lights in your house. You're not using the Havdalah candle, so no, no one's lighting it in order to get l'ha'er. So how can we make a bracha of on that. So his yesite is like this: that you're right. When it comes to uh, a hut or a candle, so in order for it to for us to call this the mitzvah, we have to it has to fulfill a purpose. Sukkah. How do you define a sukkah? It has to be asil shem tzel. Ner havdalah has to be asil ha'ir to give to to give light to illuminate. However, let's say I'm doing something for the mitzvah. I built the sukkah for the mitzvah of sukkahs itself. That's much better. That trumps the the, the need for the shame tzel. When I light my havdalah candle, I'm lighting it in order to make the bracha of barim So I don't need the condition that it's asil in order to be to, in order to make a bracha on it. I'm making I'm I'm, I'm uh, lighting the, the candle in order to make a bracha on it. And it brings a proof for this. There's a halacha that a sandal shachalitza if a person is doing chalitza, so there's a there's a shoe that's involved in the ceremony. So it has to be a shoe. Now, if you ever look at some Bate Dinim, they actually have a sandal. They have one of these uh, chalitza shoes um, on hand. If you look at it, nobody would ever walk in it. So how exactly is it uh, is it considered a shoe? So if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara has two different terms when it talks about a sandal. In Yavamas it says, it says you cannot use a sandal of a zakein because no one ever walks in it. So Fred the Gemara Amalei Ravina Laravashi Maishna Zakein Ha'aselichvoidai the lavli lucha avid. He says the beidina nami the one that they use in bezin lavli lucha avid. No one Nike is not selling it. Nobody's walking around with these shoes. So Amalei he responds, Ilu maskile shlucha the beidina mikapitolai. Let's say the guy said 
I want to take it home. I want to walk in it. We'll say, okay, you want to walk in it? No problem. So it's mashma from there that as long as you could theoretically walk with these shoes, it's fine. As opposed to the Gemara and Shabbos, the Gemara and Shabbos is trying to figure out if a sandal of a sayat, a painter's shoe, which I would assume is there just to protect his feet from getting dirty, but you would never walk around with it. So the Gemara over there says the reason why it's Tame Midras and considered a beged is Shekina Sayyid Matayo by Ashamagila Besa. He always walks with it. So when we wanted to find something as a shoe, so typically it has to be that people actually use it to walk. When the Chalitza, the Bedina, were defining it as a sandal for, for Chalitza, all I need is that it could theoretically be used for walking, but it doesn't have to be used for walking, and therefore the sandal, the Bedina, our Bezdin, and, and historically, traditionally, the, the sandal of Bezdin is still kosher, even though nobody would ever really walk in it, but since they could, that's fine, because that is made specifically for Chalitza. It's called the sandal Shah Chalitza. So Rav Asherai's proofs from here that anytime something is done specifically for the mitzvah, so then it trumps all these requirements. And therefore, the Darkei Moshe Paskins, when it comes to a talus, a talus shal mitzvah, your typical talus that you buy in your Judaica store, that you find in a shul, or your talus kaktan, your titsis, you're wearing it shame mitzvah. That's more important, that's better than something that's done uh, for Hanas Levisha, and I'm putting titsis in it. It trumps the need for Hanas Levisha. When the Beis Yosef is talking about a glima, he's talking about a jacket. The jacket wasn't made for for tzitzah specifically for the mitzvah. So there we have to figure out, are you getting any hanos levisha from it? But if it was specifically made for the mitzvah, that is better, or at least on the same level as hanos levisha, and one would definitely be chayv, and that's the answer of why today we make brachas on our tzitzah. So tomorrow we'll begin the first couple minutes of the shir discussing, you know, wrapping up this discussion and giving a, a little a little mahalach, playing ball, wool versus cotton, do I have to wear it on my guf? And Hilchus Korea, we'll, we'll, we'll just wrap up that discussion in Ritzashem tomorrow.